Hey, you're listening to Dev Interrupted, the podcast made for engineering leaders who want to continuously improve. From DVDs to streaming to movie production, Netflix and their engineering organization has been revolutionizing how we consume content for over two decades. But what is it like to work there as a developer? And how do they think about culture, their customers, and engineering productivity? In this incredible episode of Dev Interrupted, I bring in Katherine Kohler, the Director of Productivity Engineering at Netflix, to chat about what makes Netflix so unique and why they are standardizing data-driven engineering today. This episode is sponsored by Linear B. Give your dev team the power to improve with team-based metrics, high-risk code alerts, and the world's first project board based on real-time Git activity. Sign up free at LinearB.io. Catherine, thank you so much for coming on the pod today. Dan, thank you so much for having me. I can't tell you how excited I am to be here and talk about one of my favorite topics, which is productivity. Awesome, awesome. So you are the Director of Productivity Engineering at Netflix, which which is just like a badass title to me. I love that. I love (laughs) that title. I don't think I've ever seen it at a company that I'm working for. But I have seen it, you know, becoming more and more popular. You got it at Netflix, you know, maybe Spotify, Spotify, GitLab, those types of companies. But could you just tell our audience, you know, what does it mean to be the director of productivity engineering and what are the problems you're trying to solve? Yeah, absolutely. So productivity is a central group within Netflix. We recently reorged about six months ago to form this central team uh, and to really bring all of the groups together that are responsible for making our internal developers' lives easier. And I, with my peers uh, who are are developer productivity in delivery and in the operate space, uh, we run this group that effectively abstracts away all of the Netflixisms that developers would have to deal with day to day and makes it easier for them to focus on their specific domain of expertise. So we are sort of like the nerds nerds, if you will, right? Enabling them to, uh, you know, use our platforms and tools so that the work that they're doing is, is focused on studio and streaming without thinking about everything that's under the hood to get going. So for my particular team, I run the develop group within developer productivity. Uh, And again, my sister teams are delivery and observability. Uh, And develop does the inner loop of development. So we focus on coding, bootstrapping people, testing, debugging, code maintenance, and then handing that off to the next uh, domain within the life cycle, which is sort of that CI, CD delivery. And then the operations piece, which is the third bucket. Um, for insights and metrics and things like that. So yeah, we're, we're really reinforcing this pays path concept within Netflix, where we want to get people using tools that help them out day to day, using platforms that help them out day to day and keeping people on the paved path. A paved path. That's what you're saying? Paved path. Exactly. Oh, there There's you so go. many yeah. metaphors here. Yeah, absolutely. Like we want to on-ramp people onto the paved path and the paved path is smooth and it's wide and people can get to where they need to go quickly. Um, But once they fall off the paved path, it's a little bit buyer beware. (laughs) Gotcha. Totally makes sense. And really cool that Netflix, you know, is focused on this and has this role and you can 
be in this role. It shows me that they, you know, you all really care about developers and making sure they have that smooth road to, you know, uh, I guess go fast on. I love the role and I think it's a, a really good uh, segue kind of into the next question that I wanted to ask here. And that's around how are you measuring productivity at Netflix? And I want to first start with outcome versus output. And so, you know, you might think of measuring customer satisfaction, you know, that might be an outcome that you're looking for versus something like, you know, agile velocity, um, which is maybe an output for, for engineering. Which of those two do you think is more important, the outcome or the output? Oh, outcome, 100%. Maybe 0.0001% activity. Right. Early in my career, I got really wound around this metric about team velocity. Yeah. But if you're running around a track super fast, but you're on the wrong track, does it matter? Right. <laughs> like, so really, what are you delivering? How are you delivering it is important. But if that thing that you're delivering is ultimately doing what you want it to do, that's the most important thing. It's super hard to measure. Like you can have a bunch of measurements around that. But it's super, there's no unicorn measurement in terms of effectiveness and, and outcomes. But that's all, most of all, what we care about. Everything else is just sort of noise, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I was wondering, like, do you have any, you know, tips to get maybe headed in the right direction? You're saying, you know, it is maybe a hard thing to measure. Or do you have any strategies that you found useful? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can tell if uh, a team is working well, right? There are just a couple of things that, that you can plug into. Uh, if, if folks are engaged, if folks are communicating with each other, if they trust each other, if they feel comfortable speaking up when there are issues and when there are successes, right? Uh, if they feel comfortable course correcting, if they're resilient, um, they, they wake up with energy and enthusiasm in a pre and post COVID world. Uh, now your mileage may vary a little bit in terms of <laughs> yeah, right? things energy and enthusiasm. <laughs> um, but there are a bunch of different things that you can tell about a team in terms of like how effectively um, or how efficiently they're working. But the effective piece is really the thing that they're shipping. Are your customers engaging with it? There's adoption, there's retention, you know, are they finding benefit? Are you getting good results from CSAT, CSTAT, not ESTAT, but, you know, customer satisfaction surveys um, where you're asking, you know, sort of the same set of questions over and over again. How do you feel about this? You know, how was your toil this week? You know, are you angry? Give me the happy to sad face that you find when you go to the doctor's office and let <laughs> me know what your experience is like. Um, and that's really important, right, to understand some of this stuff is really hard. Um, and because we're, we're sort of the nerds nerd, if you will, you know, a, yeah. a lot of the work that we do also means we're going to have to move people onto new systems. We're going to have to update things. We're going to have to sort of change the sheets while people are in the bed. How painful. Actually, that's not a great analogy. I'll use a different one. You know, change the engines on a plane while you're flying it. So yeah. how do you do this so that people aren't terrified or feeling like, oh my God, this whole thing's going to come crashing down to the ground. It just happens seamlessly, right? So these are sort of um, 
proxies for ourselves to measure how successful we're being. If you take all of those standard productivity metrics like Dora or, you know, space or, you know, whatever, whatever is out there um, and you apply that to our customers, that's what we're looking at as a productivity team. All of those usual KPIs for productivity uh, that that reflects on how we're doing it. It's a hundred percent output. Yeah. That, that's re- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Outcome that that's that's really really cool. I mean, Netflix is really a customer focused company for everything that that I know about it. And you know, you might have some teams that really are more so customer focused, like they're working on the UI of Netflix that everyone in the world is using. You might also probably have some teams that are more internal, like their customer is an internal team. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, what I wanted to ask you here is. How do you think about productivity between different teams? Like, do you compare teams or stack rank, or is it like completely different for every single team? How do you how do you even think about that? Yeah, so I'm a mom, uh, and one of the things that I say to my kids always is comparisons lead to unhappiness. Keep your goddamn eyes on your own paper. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't say it that way with my children, but they're teenagers. They can take it. They get um, it. And I think that, you know, every case is different. Every project that people is running is different. Their customer base is different. Use cases are different. Personas are different. Where you are in the software development life cycle is different. If you are a group that is just starting out, you're building something new and it's highly risky, right? And you're just setting up all these metrics. You're not going to look the same as a, you know, a very mature product that's been out there in a while and you're in the phase of optimization and maybe buying down some tech debt, right? So very rarely, if ever, will you get teams that are doing the same thing in the same space, the same way with the same people, et cetera. So why would you use these measurements and compare each other? Um, that just seems completely bananas to me. And so... For me, I don't I don't look at absolute metrics. Again, I look at outcomes. You know, are are the people that we're trying to service benefiting from the work that we're doing? Are we doing it well? Are we doing it effectively, sustainably, over and over and over again? Um, then every I mean everything's relative. I you know even story points are relative. You know, for Pete's sake, I used to have a general manager many moons ago who said, "Can your team go faster? Is it possible for you to cut all of your story points in half?" I'm not sure that that would make you really go faster, but yeah, that's not good math. That's not good math. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's absolutely relative. It's it, it's contextual. It's case by case. And you know, as a manager, you got to do your job. You got to figure out what the team's doing, and you got to get in there to really understand the kind of impact you're having. Right. Yeah. I mean, that that totally makes sense for me. If you're stack ranking teams or comparing teams, usually only bad things happen from my experience, especially if you're going to look at something like velocity, like nobody likes comparing velocities, nothing good uh, happens there. Um, With that being said, are you able to just say, hey, let's all focus on customer satisfaction no matter what team you are? Do you find that that works? Or do you also find that there's some teams where it's just like, you know what? Customer satisfaction doesn't make sense. Let's do something else. Like trying to get an understanding of how often can that work for everyone? 
or do you have to change it sometimes? Yeah, that's a really good question. Customer satisfaction matters every single time. However, interestingly, I learned that customer satisfaction for internal teams skews lower than customer-facing teams because we have very harsh critics, right? We have very technical people who are just like, come on now, you can do better. Uh, So, you know, if I were to compare a consumer-facing team's customer or PC stat metric with an internal team's, even though they're probably doing the same in terms of effectiveness, the internal team's going to be lower. So, you know, everything in context, but absolutely, like if you're not polling your customers to see if the job that you're doing is meeting their needs, what are you doing? Why are you in this business? Perfect. Totally on on the same page there. Um, One thing that I've really learned about productivity, especially developer productivity, you know, because developers are a little bit of a different type of uh, person usually, and culture really, really matters to developers. I had uh, Dana Lawson on the pod. She's the VP at uh, GitHub, and she was talking a lot about being inclusive and being positive and, you know, putting developers in a safe place to communicate. And that's what really leads to developer productivity or one of the things that leads to developer productivity at GitHub. I was wondering from your perspective, you know, what is maybe the culture at Netflix or or what's unique around culture and productivity uh, in your area? Yeah, I, I listened to the Dana Lawson podcast and I was nodding so emphatically when she was listing through the things that make a very strong culture. And I like immediately reached out to her on LinkedIn, like, please be my friend, please, please. This is amazing. She's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> she's, she, she's awesome. got it going on. She's awesome. Absolutely. Uh, and, and, you know, I don't have a ton to add to what she was saying from the perspective of like, does the group trust each other? Do they trust the leadership team? Is there transparency in decision-making? So do you have the spirit of mutual collaboration and and sort of appreciation of your customer base? All of these things are really important in terms of of a healthy culture. And, you know, you can have some pretty quick wins with a crappy culture. And we all know of those companies where we've worked or that we've heard about that leave these bodies by the side of the road. It's sort of like morale will, you know, beatings will stop when morale improves type of cultures. That's not great. That's not sustainable. It's not something where people will sort of walk through fire for each other uh, and and do things intrinsically, right? And that's the kind of group that you want to build. So culture is super important. And you asked about Netflix and how it's different. Uh, Netflix is famous for its culture. Uh, We've got the culture memo. It's a 100 plus page deck that has been consolidated down into uh, a doc that's very acutely, you know, central on our jobs page. Um, We have a lot of different concepts that just buck how things have been done and do it effectively. Like Netflix is a very effective, productive, delivery focused, accountability focused company, and it attracts top talent and it retains top talent and it it gets shit done. and some things about the, the culture there, which are unique, um, there's freedom and responsibility, right? We treat people like adults. We expect you to know what you're doing and you have the responsibility of once you make a decision, like you own it, right? And you're accountable for that decision. 
And you don't have to make decisions that please your boss. You can go over your boss. We we actually prefer it when you buck tradition wow. or you sort of, uh, you know, sort of throw your fist at establishment. We have no rules. Um, and we... We don't have no rules. We avoid rules. I think it's more important to state it that way. Um, we keep only highly effective people. Uh, adequate performance is met with a severance check. Uh, and, and you see that on display. Uh, you know, you, you see all of these components of the culture are on display all the time. It's not just stuff that's stenciled on the stairwell. And what's interesting about this culture and how it pertains to productivity we can't say you got to use our stuff, right? People can decide to use it. They can decide not to use it. So that means we have to go that extra step and really build things that people want to use um, from the productivity standpoint. And it's challenging, uh, but it's also pretty exciting uh, to have to have that level of discourse with the customers, make sure you're really finding that product market fit with the, the things that we're building um, and then, you know, if, if we want to go off and build something that's not necessarily a part of the strategy or otherwise, you have the freedom to do it, but now you own it, right? So you, you got to think through it pretty carefully. Yeah. So I, I would think that type of culture would fit really well with developers where I'm not necessarily being forced to use a particular technology or actually that's something that, that I want to ask you, you know, at Netflix for the developers, do they decide on their tooling? Do you come in and say, hey, here's the smooth path for you. Everyone needs to use, you know, whatever your, your tool set is. Like, how is that determined? Yeah. We recommend and really give the carrot and the why it's it's useful for them to use the paved path and to use the tools and the ecosystems that we've built. They could choose not to. Uh, in some cases and in a lot of cases, they choose not to. Either we don't cover their use case or when they first tried it, it wasn't something that fit with what they needed and they haven't come back and, and tried it since our offerings have evolved. Um, but it's really tricky to get right sometimes with, with our developers' freedom and responsibility. And our we can't just say everybody's going to use this going forward. We can't just say this is the IDE we're going to use or, you know, this is uh, <laughs> the source control we're going to use. And we have a little more control over that. But it is, it is tricky. <laughs> Do you find most developers uh, follow kind of that paved path or development teams within Netflix or... I know you've been there for you know a little bit of time, or or is it? Are you finding more so? Hey, developers or teams are coming to you and saying, you know, the paved path. I want to do something different. Do you have like yeah. a percentage or something in mind yeah. with that? Yeah, specific groups really benefit from the paved path. Uh, our platform and product teams benefit um, largely the Java community benefits because we think we're a 75% Java house, um, but we're breaking into other languages like uh, JavaScript, Python, Scala, Kotlin, et cetera. And our JavaScript slash node coverage is better. Um, we're more predominantly backend focused. We need to, you know, take a look, stick our heads up and figure out how best we can scale to meet the needs of the broader organization. Sort of that wall, or was it crawl, walk, run, <laughs> right? How can we eventually support uh, multi-language um, through containerization? Um, that will be an interesting strategy for us going forward. So, we, 
we do a pretty good job. We there's a lot of room for improvement about our spreading our wings and and supporting other uh, personas. Like we did a really good job in the streaming space, and then studio picked up right. Um, with a lot of our Netflix originals and production and things like that. And so we're leaning into that a bit more. So we need to make sure that we um, have lessons learned from one area and can apply them to the next. Okay, great. You know, w- one thing I wanted to pick your brain on when you're thinking about productivity engineering, maybe strategically, and I'll tell you kind of the way way that I, I think about it, I, I would kind of think, okay, maybe there's something like how effectively are we getting new hires up and running? And then how effectively are we able to, you know, have code go really fast through the delivery pipeline? I'm kind of making this up now. And then how uh, effectively can uh, <laughs> developers manage their code in production? Is that kind of the way that you think about it? Or do you have particular categories of, you know, develop, uh, development productivity? So I love metaphors. Um, I'm, I'm like the metaphor, actually mixed metaphors I'm much better at. But yeah. how can we provide a really good restaurant experience? You know, when you go to a good restaurant and you have a great server, you don't really mm-hmm. notice what's going on. You just know the food shows up, it's warm, everything's great. You know, they don't ask you, how's it going while you have a bunch of food in your mouth. Yeah. Uh, the bill shows up. You don't have to check it for data problems. Um, you tip, you leave. And you're, all you remember is the interactions you have with your friends. Do you remember when we went to restaurants? That was awesome. I do um, remember. I miss going really badly. <laughs> and that experience where all I have to do is show up and kind of do my job, which is eat good food and everything else is taken care everything of for me. Taken care That's of. when I like it. Yes. <laughs> Productivity engineering is the restaurant and the wait staff and all of the things that we're serving you that you can take advantage of. And we want to find the right mix for like that a la carte menu or that prefix menu, right? Do you need some tools to do X, Y, and Z? We'll make sure they're curated at the right level. Do you want to have a full end-to-end experience where you basically sit back and enjoy the ride and then just focus on what the you know particular domain thing is that you're focusing on? Like that's what we're trying to create within productivity engineering. That's really cool. Thanks for for sharing that. Um, You know, a lot of companies now are starting to move towards a more data-driven way to measure productivity or employee burnout, you know, things like that. For example, I think you mentioned, you know, some of the Dora metrics. You got the Dora 4 with cycle time. You know, we had Dominica de Grandes come on the pod and she talked about flow metrics. Um, do you think companies like Netflix will continue to kind of amplify this data-driven trend when it comes to productivity? Oh, yeah. Uh, again, you know, we reorged maybe north of six months ago. Uh, and one of the things that we're really keen to do is get this going in a more formal, standardized way. Because if you know, we can't just rely on gut feel. We can't just rely on sort of that that qualitative data. We need something else to anchor it to. But there is no unicorn metric. You know, one metric to rule them all just doesn't exist. Um, and so one of the things that we're adopting within productivity is space, which is an extension of Accelerate. You know, so um, Nicole for yeah. Forsgren. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, Nicole's awesome. Yeah, she's she's incredible. Um, 
And it's like the whole child approach, right? You know, like customer satisfaction, customer performance, the activity, which we poo-pooed a little bit earlier, but sometimes it's important to see like how frequently are we doing pull requests? You know, how, you know, how is that all going? Um, there's the communication slash collaboration piece, and then there's the whole efficiency and flow piece. And so finding just little key metrics in each one of those spaces where we can in context and understand that there are push-pulls or trade-offs to each one of these things and just see, right? How are we doing? We've we've put these things in motion. This is our strategy. These are our hypotheses around, you know, how we're going to improve our customers' productivity. Are those things paying off? And if you can't measure them in some way, who knows, right? So yeah, we're we're getting a little more hardcore about this. We're early days, uh, so you know I'm I'm excited to see how it all how it all works out. I'm optimistic, and I know it's going to be a lot of hard work. You know, instrumentation is tough. Making sure that you're not asking biased questions on your surveys is tough. You know, leading questions, um, things like that. But I'm I'm very confident that we're going to be able to get a lot of benefit out of this. That that's awesome. It's really cool that you're starting that journey. You know, at Linear B, we're doing this all the time and I can guarantee you're on the right track. Uh, so, so totally uh, stick with that. Yeah. Um, this has been a really, really awesome conversation. Thank you so much for coming on the pod today, Catherine. Dan, thank you so much for the time. I appreciate it. So if listeners want to either connect with you or learn more about productivity engineering or get to know Netflix culture a little bit more, uh, where could they, where could they go to do that? Yeah, I'm on uh, old person's Facebook. So LinkedIn, I don't do any of the other social <laughs> stuff because I find it a little bit creepy. Um, so they can find me on LinkedIn. I'm more than happy to talk with anybody about productivity. I love networking with other productivity productivity-minded people. Uh, and so, yeah, just reach out to me there. Okay, awesome. So for everyone listening, if you want to connect with Catherine, please go to Old Person's Facebook or, or LinkedIn. Uh, also, be sure to check out our Dev Interrupted Discord community. That's where we keep this type of conversation going all week long. And you can find all of the information you need in the description with the links below. Thank you so much, everyone. And thank you again, Catherine.